If you've got your Bibles with you, could you turn them to Proverbs chapter 4? I love the book of Proverbs, so much wisdom within it. And don't forget today we've also got message notes from the message that I'm sharing. If you go to our app, I'm sure we've got some screens that are popping up. If you go to our church app and go to the area blogs and resources, you'll see this has just gone live right now, even as we're speaking, and it's called Guarding Your Heart. And you can actually use your app to look at the verses that I'm sharing today. Or later on in the week, you can go back to the app, just to the area of its blogs and resources. And you can go through the scriptures and the thoughts, the key thoughts that we've been sharing. And we've had a lot of feedback from people saying that these notes that we're doing are useful for them. um, Not just in the meeting, but in their further studies. So if you've got the church app... You can go there. If you haven't got the church app, you can download that as well. And it's just message notes from what we're looking at today. Now, Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, that's quite an imperative, isn't it? When somebody says, above all else. It's like when a parent leaves a home and they're going out for the night. And as they're leaving the house, they're shouting instructions at the children. Don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. And then normally the last thing that the parent says when they leave the house is the thing they want you to remember the most. And it's like the parent says, and above all other things, remember this. Now that may be put the dog out, don't fight, I don't know what it is in your home. But that's the imperative that that the writer of Proverbs is putting upon the statement that he's about to make. He says, above all else, above all things, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Other translations say, out of it come the springs of your life. Another translation says, the boundaries of your life are found (coughs) in the well-being of your heart. Now in these verses, the writer of this proverb, which is Solomon, David's son, he's the writer of this proverb, he's encouraging us, you and me, thousands of years later, to place great importance on protecting our heart, protecting the heart of who we are. Now, what does he mean by heart? Is he talking about the blood pump, the organ within us, that the doctors tell us is our heart? Of course, there's wisdom in looking after your heart. A healthy heart is a healthy body. You can be weight training all you like, but if your heart says, I'm done, All of your weight training means nothing, right? But we know that it's good to have heart health in the blood pump within us called our heart. But that's not actually the heart (coughs) that Solomon is speaking about. When he says, guard your heart, he's not talking about the blood pump, the physical organ. He's talking of that inner man of who you are. Now, when you look at the word that Solomon uses for heart in this proverb, it's the Hebrew word lab. Lab, and all this is in your notes. And the word that he uses, which is lab, it means this. So this is what Solomon means when he says, guard your heart. The heart that he's talking about, according to the translation of this word in Hebrew, <coughs> is the inner man, the mind, the will, the heart and understanding of a person. The inner person of, uh, the inner part of a person is another definition. The mind, the knowledge, the thinking, the place of reflection, the place where memories are in a person's life. And the final definition is the seat or throne within a person's life 
where all their appetites come from, their emotions live, that they find their passions, but also they find their courage. So when Solomon is speaking about, above all things, protect and guard your heart, he's not talking about the blood pump, even though it's good to keep that healthy. He's talking about that inner person, that inner man of who you are, that central core place of who you be. We may call that the soul, but it's that soul of the person that God has made you to be. Now, we understand when we became born again, we became people that were um, trinity in expression, really, or triune in expression. But we believe now that we are a spirit that's been made alive by God's spirit. We live in a body, flesh and blood, and we have a soul. And this is what Paul, or sorry, not Paul, Solomon is speaking about when he says, guard your heart. He's saying, guard that inner person of who you are, that place that your emotions are expressed, your passions are found, your hopes live, your joys live, your fears and anxieties can live, that inner part of who you are. Now, this is indeed something that I believe we all need to be protecting or being guardians of in these strange times. And can I just give advice to some people? You know, if you find fear and worry coming into your life, are you ready? Here it comes. Less news, more word of God. Okay? Because what you allow into your heart, not your blood pump, the inner person of who you are, will affect the outflow of who you are. Now, we're living in these strange times where we need to, like Solomon encouraged us, be guardians of our heart because it's this part that can often be most affected, can't it, and vulnerable. When there's things like fear and worry, anxiety, wars, rumors of wars, um, famines, and all this stuff going on on the world news, it's that place within you that can be affected or vulnerable to the things that are happening. Now, the reason that is, it's because your heart is the place that processes things like fear and anxiety and worry, as well as things as joy, happiness, and hope. So the inner man of who you are, we could call that the soul, or the heart of who you are as a person, is the place where you manage and process negative things like fear, hopelessness, hate, revenge, but also great things like joy, peace, love, goodness, kindness. That all transpires in the heart of who you be. That's why Solomon says, above all things, guard your heart, because out of it, everything to do with your life flows. Now, we looked last week at what Jesus taught about worry. How many people remember last week we went to Matthew chapter 6 and we heard Jesus say, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. And then in that passage of scripture, he gives us eight clear lessons. If you missed this last week, you can go back and listen to it on catch up. But Jesus gives us eight clear lessons on how we can live a worry-free life in a fear-filled world. I'm so glad that Jesus gives us the truth in these times. But within these verses, Proverbs 4, we see Solomon now add further advice that's beneficial to us 
And he says, you need to become a guardian of your heart, or another way of putting that, a watchman over the inner person of who you are. Now, that does two things. Number one, you monitor and protect your inner man, your soul and your heart, that place where you process things, emotions, appetites. You protect that place from things that are trying to get in, that shouldn't get in. And number two, you also actually allow and welcome things into your heart that belong as a part of you, especially the things that come from God. Now, here's a news flash if you haven't worked it out already. The devil wants to give every one of us a heart attack. How? By attacking our heart. The agenda of the devil for your life is very simple. John 10 verse 10 says the enemy comes just to do this, to kill, steal and destroy. He has no good plans for your life, no future for you. All those things belong to God. I love it that Jesus says the devil, your enemy, the enemy of your soul or your inner man comes with one agenda that has three prongs to it. He wants to kill you, he wants to destroy you, he wants to ruin you, he wants to kill, steal and destroy. But then Jesus says but here's some good news I've come that you would have life now the enemy wants to cause people to have heart attacks by attacking their heart with things like fear worry and dread another interesting passage that's really true for this time in which we're living we can find in Luke 21 verse 26 that Jesus said this but a time is coming where men's hearts will fail them for what is coming or they perceive to be coming upon the earth. Come on, I've spoken to people, even Christians, and it looks like their heart is failing them because of the fear of what they're letting in and the effect of that fear on the inner man or inner person of who they are. But Jesus said, there's a time coming <clears throat> where men's hearts or people's hearts will fail them from a fear or expectation of the things that are coming on the earth. Newsflash, that's not meant to be you. Why? Because you have decided to be a guardian of your heart and not allow the things that the enemy is sending to give you a heart attack to attack the inner person, the heart of who you are. Everybody still with me? Now this means we need to be actively protecting our hearts from things like fear entering in. Because when fear comes in, it never comes alone, it brings friends with it. And fear is actually a root to other branches that can cause you to have sickness in your body. Because when fear comes into the inner man of who you are, the heart of who you are, it brings with it hopelessness, some of its friends, worry, striving, depression, anxiety, and other things that are rooted in fear. Now, many doctors, Christian doctors, have said that many ailments that they deal with in a person's physical body are actually ailments that are coming from a fear that's in their heart. Now, we could call fear stress. 
How many of you know that stress will have effect on your body? That's why Solomon says, above all things, keep stuff out of your heart that you don't need and God didn't send because stuff in your heart will also affect your body. Now, we believe this about the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that if the spirit of him who rose Christ from the dead <coughs> lives in you, he will quicken your mortal body. Everybody remember that verse? Well, if fear is allowed in your heart, it will damage your physical body. It will bring you into depression, anxiety, and your physical or earthen vessel will respond to the condition of your inner man. That's why we need to be protective in fearful times. But we're not letting fear in. We're not letting fear bring any of his friends. Worry, stress, anxiety. In fact, we're going to live with hearts that are already full. Full of God. Full of his love. So, okay. What is it to be a guard? Solomon says, above all things, guard your heart. The inner person of who you are. But what does that look like? To me, it reminds me of a doorman or a bouncer at the entrance of my life. Now, I know none of you went to nightclubs ever. I just want to confess, I did. All right? I just want to, in case you ever see it on the news, I did. I'm not denying it. All right? But I can remember sometimes it was kind of hard getting into some clubs, especially when you built a reputation. Because to get into the entrance of the club into the heart of the disco where I could bust my moves. I had, no, I'm not going to show them, time doesn't allow. Some people couldn't handle them. But to get into the club, the heart of what was happening, I had to get through to doormen. And how many people remember doormen were not like little weedy people? They always had long black coats, bald heads. Like Dan, I'm pointing at Dan. He'd make a good example of what a bouncer would look like. And if they didn't think you should come in because of your reputation, they would just simply say, you ain't coming in. Do you want us to show you why we're called bouncers? And many times I had to turn away from clubs because I couldn't get through the entrance because there were bouncers and doormen that wouldn't let me in. This is what Solomon's speaking of. He's saying, put a bouncer at the door of your heart. Put a doorman at the door of your heart. Put a guardian at the door of your heart. And make sure you're protecting what's coming in and turning away the things that you don't. Another good definition would be a gatekeeper. <clears throat> that again, determines the flow of in and out in your life. Now... When Solomon, again, used the word heart, <clears throat> our English language sometimes doesn't fully unpack what he meant. The amount of words that we have in our English language compared to the words that are in the Hebrew language or the Greek language, we're very, very basic in our understanding of things. That's why it's always good to look at the meaning of the word in the language it was spoken. Now, this was spoken in Hebrew, and the word is nostar. And it means this, to guard your heart, right? This is what Solomon's saying when he's saying, above all things, guard your heart. He's saying, keep guard over it, keep watch over it, keep it. Preserve it, guard it from danger, keep it, observe the activity happening within it, be a watchman. 
So whatever definition we take from the meaning that Solomon used for the word heart, we see the same key theme. Be somebody that watches over what's happening in the heart or the inner person of who you are. Don't just let stuff come and go like a nightclub with no doorman at the front letting anyone in that wants to come. Don't let any trouble into your life, but begin to take a position and say, I'm going to begin to guard the activity of the entrance of my life. I don't want fear, worry, stress, anxiety, depression coming in from a fallen world into my risen life. But I'm opening my heart for everything that comes from God. Everything that's good, noble, pure, and of good report. Now, we may be living, like I said, in fear-filled times, but we should be a people with peace-filled hearts. I'm not denying that we're in fear-filled times, but what I'm saying is what Jesus taught. We need to remember that we are in the world, but we're no longer of the world. But when we were born again of the Spirit, when we were born again in the heart of who we were, the kingdom of God and Christ himself came to live in us. Do you not know that you are the temple, the dwelling place of God's own spirit. How many of you know there's no fear in God? So as we meditate on the one who now lives within us and we say, Lord, let your kingdom rule and reign wherever there's a king, you have a kingdom rule and reign. Lord, you're the king of my heart. Let your rule and reign, which is peace, love, kindness, goodness, self-control, be the atmosphere of my life because I've got doormen at the entrance and they're not letting those old things in anymore. Now, when you begin to get a picture of this, you really can picture that doorman again. Now, 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God did not give you a spirit of fear, all right, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, here's the good news. If God didn't give it, you don't need to receive it. Let me say that again. If God didn't give it, you don't need to receive it into your life. See, the problem is many Christians, they wake up in the morning and they hear a knock at the door and it's the unseen postman and he says, hey, I've got a package for you called fear, depression, stress, anxiety. Hey, it's got your name on it. And they let the package into the home of their life. That's ridiculous. That's what you did before you belonged to Jesus. Now what we've got to learn to do, because we're being guardians at the entrance of our life, like we said last week, when the door knocks and they say, hey, there's a package from hell for you. It, oh, what's in it? Stress, anxiety, fear, worry, things that will stop your heart beating. Do you know what you need to do? You need to stand at the entranceway of your life, like we said last week, return to sender, address unknown, no such number. No such zone. Don't let the things that are not of God, sent from God, into the heart of who you are because the things you allow in your heart will breed. That's why we want love, patience, kindness, and all those good stuff breeding in our hearts. Okay. Now, God doesn't want you to know fear. He wants you to know his peace and be kept in peace. Actually, it's even better than that. It says that God wants us to be kept in perfect peace. 
Now, perfect peace is a peace that comes from God. If you want world peace, you're kidding yourselves. That ain't never going to happen. But the perfect peace that comes from God is available to the children of God every moment of the day and night. That's good news, right? Okay, let me blast you with some peace verses, all right? This is the stuff you should be letting into your heart. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You, O God, will keep them in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on you because they trust in you. So the Bible says there that when we keep our minds set on him, not on Sky News, BBC, what the neighbours are saying, but if we keep our minds set on him, he says he will keep us in not just peace, perfect peace. Now that word keep means, again in the original, to be preserved. So if we keep our minds on him, he will preserve our inner man, not with peace, but with perfect peace. Now, we can know this peace that comes from Jesus, because he's the prince of peace. Isn't that wonderful? One of the many names given to Jesus is Jesus, prince of peace. Now, some Christians believe that the prince of peace is outside of them. And that's pretty good. you just got to hang out near him, right? But actually, the Bible says the Prince of Peace now lives within you. So getting peace isn't going to an external shop to try to obtain. Rather, it's living in the Word of God and realizing that God now lives in you. Another name for God, the Prince of Peace. So that when you meditate on the treasure within the earthen vessel the peace within that treasure begins to affect the container that's holding it. Everybody with me, not going too fast, right? Okay, here's what Jesus said about peace. John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it, because the world gives it and takes it back. Not as the world gives you peace do I give you peace. What's he saying? When the world gives you peace, it gives you it one moment, and the next morning, it takes it away. It's fickle, non-constant. He said, no, when I give peace, it's peace that remains. He said, the world, uh, uh, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives it do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled. That's that word again, hearts. Let not your inner person... Let not that place where your emotions, appetites, courage, fears, and joys are processed. Let not your hearts. That means you've got to have some control over this thing. He's saying, just like Solomon, above all things, make sure your hearts are not troubled. Neither let it be afraid. This is the words of Jesus. So we understand from these verses that no world peace is actually going to remain, but the peace that comes from God remains in every moment and season. Even when there's a storm outside of the boat, his peace remains in it. But notice also, like I said, he says, you need to control the atmosphere of your heart. Let not your heart. Who is talk- who's he talking to? You and me. I don't know why my voice went high then. Who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? You and me. He's saying, come on. Let not, don't allow your heart 
to be troubled. Don't let it say, ha, I'm going to slap you in a minute, ha, if you don't come into line. I can't let you be troubled. And I can't let you be anxious. Because anxiety will have an effect on the wider person of who I am. All right, a little bit later on, Jesus says in John 16, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble or tribulation. Well, I don't know why I'm getting so much trouble and tribulation. This isn't what I signed up for. Well, Jesus told you it was coming. He told you it was coming. He didn't, he didn't missell anything. He says, in this world, there will be tribulation. There will be trouble. Oh, here's some good news. But be of good cheer, where? In your heart, because I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble and tribulation. Oh, so that means I've got to be depressed. No, no, Jesus says, but be of cheer, where? In the inner man of who you are, the heart of who you are. Why? Because I've overcome the world. When I was reading those verses this week, I kind of felt Jesus say to me, listen, there's stacks of trouble in the world, but Andy, don't sweat it, I've got this. Do you know that God is speaking over your life? Trouble is real, but he's got this. He's got this. What's ever happening on a worldwide platform, he's got this. What's ever happening in my world, it's okay, he's got this. I've just got to remain with the mindset of an overcomer, knowing that in all things God does good for me, and all I need to do is love him and be called by his purposes. Now, you may be in a scary situation right now. You may be experiencing tribulation, trouble that comes from living in a real world. Jesus speaks into the heart of you today. Don't worry, I've got this. I've overcome the world. Here's another great verse. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Be anxious, this is now Paul talking, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests, your concerns, what you're going through, be made known to God. Verse 7, and when you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses, transcends, all understanding, here it comes, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So what's it teaching us there? What's Paul teaching us? Solomon's teaching us, guard your heart above all things. Jesus is teaching us, don't worry about it. Even if you're in a world where you're experiencing tribulation, I've overcome. Now Paul is saying, when you have stuff happening in your life, just have a daily routine of coming to the Father and letting your prayers, your requests, tell him about what's happening, not that he doesn't already know. And the Bible says that when we live in that prayer relationship with God, our cares go up and his peace comes down. So every day we should be replacing cares with peace, right? But a lot of believers don't. They just carry care in their heart. When Jesus is sitting there saying, come on, I've said it already. Cast your cares on me because I care for you. 
That definition, care for you, would be translated more accurately today for I am now your care giver. So we shouldn't be Christians walking around with hearts in a people that are filled with cares, worry, anxiety and stress. Even though we're living in a real world where there really is tribulation, we should be in the routine of daily bringing our cares to the Lord Casting them at his feet and allowing his peace that passes all transcending understanding to be what floods our heart. So again, suddenly now we've got two doormen at our heart. Just keeps getting better, right? Before that verse, we just had us standing at the door or the entranceway of our heart. Imagine that's the entranceway into our heart. We're listening to what Solomon said. And we're saying, no, I'm taking my position at the entrance of my life. From this day, I'm going to monitor what comes in and what doesn't. Then all of a sudden, Jesus introduces us to another doorman, peace itself. But when you cast your cares upon him, he gives you a peace that passes all understanding, that becomes someone who also guards your heart. The best nightclubs I tried to get in always had two doormen which meant you definitely ain't getting in. I can remember trying to, I know this is hard to believe, but I can remember trying to get into nightclubs where there was one doorman, and it was just a matter of confusing the guy, getting somebody to do something over here while you just slipped in. Sorry, I did that. I just want to confess that publicly. Absolution for those days and all that. But it was difficult when you came to a door and you had one guy with a bold head, sorry, I'm just saying that Dan big black jacket built like a well how do we say that as Christians toilet um, built huge huge made of brick a house let's stop eh when you had not one but two and they were standing there together looking at you going you're not coming in That's a picture of how God wants us to live. He wants us to take our position at the door to monitor what's trying to get in. But also he says, when you're living a life of casting your cares on Jesus, peace comes down the stairs and stands right next to you. And peace itself becomes a guard on your heart and your mind, according to Philippians 4. All right, one last verse, ready? Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called to one body be thankful so now Paul's saying come on you determine who rules in your heart remember kingdom is basically rule and reign we believe in the king Jesus and his kingdom on earth and now in us we've got to begin to determine each and every morning No, I'm going to decide who rules in my heart today. Oh, there may have been times in the past where I let fear, anxiety and worry rule in my heart. But that's got to stop because the devil's trying to give me a heart attack. From today, I'm going to do what the Bible says I'm to do. And I'm going to let the peace of God that passes all understanding, transcends all reasoning remains when other pieces from the world leave. I'm going to let the peace of God 
that comes from the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, be what rules and reigns and governs what's true and what's not, what will be, what should be, in the soul of who I am. That central processor of who I am is now going to be in the hands of the Prince of Peace and not a devil that wants me dead. We need to make that decision, guys. That word rule means to umpire, decide, determine, direct and control. What Paul is saying is saying, let the peace of God now be the umpire, the one who decides, the one who determines, the one who directs and the one who controls the atmosphere of your inner man. Remember, Paul also taught that God wants us strengthened in the inner man of who we are. He's speaking about that soulish man, that soul within us that he created us to be. But many people choose to be weakened in their inner man by letting fear, unbelief, rumors, gossip of things. No, no, it's time to put your black coat on. It's time to shave your head. Please don't go and do that literally. Please don't do that. I know some people, they really are. And he said, shave up my head. Shave it off. And that's just the ladies. This is, I'm painting a picture, so please don't go shaving your head, all right? He's saying, come on, get your bouncer coat on. Don't be sitting in the living room waiting for packages that you shouldn't let in. Begin to return some stuff to sender. Say, address unknown. Oh, you once knew my address, but when I died and I was buried and I rose again in Christ, you lost my address from your address book. We had a quarrel, we're lovers tiff. I said, I'm sorry, but my letter keeps coming back. We're sending it back. It doesn't belong here anymore. It's not getting past the guardian, the doorman, the bouncer of my life, which is now me, a person awoken to the words of Solomon, above all things, guard the entrances of your life. Your eyes are entrances to your life. Your ears are entrances to your life. Come on, begin to put some people, you and peace, on the doors of your life. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful who you allow to speak in to the heart or the inner person of who you are. So let me give you something to do. There's some homework that's going to do you good. How do you allow peace to reign in your heart? Number one, spend time with the Prince of Peace. Because isn't it strange when you spend time with people, what they are can affect you. Have you ever noticed that? Have you been in a room with somebody that's like 97% negative? Um, They're like Eeyore out of Winnie the Pooh. And you went in, you were happy. You left your home and you were like, oh, happy day, happy day. He washed my sin away. And then you spend 27 minutes with Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. And suddenly you're, oh my, oh no, it's all going wrong. I felt good earlier. What's happening to me? You just spent your time with the frozen chosen. You just spent yourself time with with the negative part of a battery so what do you need to do go spend time with the live part of a battery 
That's Jesus Christ. When you spend time with Jesus, his hope becomes your hope. His faith becomes your faith. His peace becomes your peace. His joy becomes your peace. The best way to rule over what's happening in the inner man of who you are is spend quality time with Jesus Christ. Be a person of prayer. Be a person that just sits and worships him for no reason. Be a person that turns off the radio when the music it's rubbish. Get some worship on. Begin to spend time with the one that's called the Prince of Peace. And number two, spend time in the book he gave you on how to live life. Now there's other wisdom in this world that's being peddled by fools. Or there's this wisdom. You know, whenever I wake up and I'm troubled, because believe it or not, these things can affect me. What I do is I say, I know where this is coming from. All right, let's send some packages back here. Isn't it funny, in the morning, I don't, I don't really count anything serious in the morning when I wake up for about 20 minutes. Anyone else? Your mind's it's like, you feel human, you feel saved, I don't even feel human. I'm like, I don't even know where I am, I can't focus. But then when suddenly day begins to, I begin to say, all right, what about this? Those voices come down, what about that? What about this? What about next week? Andy, what about next year? What about the rest of your life? Andy, you haven't got a pension. Andy, what about your latter days? What about this? What about... But what I've learned to do is go, all right, sometimes even before my first cup of coffee. Let me begin to take some control here. I'm not allowing you in fear of my today, my tomorrow, or my future. I'm not allowing the fear of sickness. In, I'm not allowing... I'm saying you're no longer allowed in this place. But what I am doing is I'm saying, Jesus, you're welcome in this place. Jesus, flood this place with your peace. Oh, Jesus, let that which is on you now be in me. Oh, Jesus, as it is in heaven, let it now also be in me. So that's your commission today, guys. Above all things, getting your hair cut, mowing the grass, even feeding the kids. No, no, above all things, trimming your toenails. That's quite important, isn't it? Yeah, the wives are nodding. Yeah, that's really important. Nudging their husbands, that's important. Getting something to eat, putting petrol in the car. That ain't funny these days, is it? Above all things, guard your heart. Because the boundaries and the health of your life flow from the well-being of your inner man. Let your inner man now be in hands of the living God. Not who they were once before. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, we're so glad you're here today. Maybe you're here and you've done a little bit of religion, been to a church every now and then, but you've never had a relationship with the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Maybe you're here and you say, I did once, Andy, but I got distracted. But I've come back today because I want to start a fresh relationship, not with religion, with Jesus. Andy, today I want to start a relationship, a fresh relationship with Jesus Christ. 
We're going to pray together as a church and just pray after me, and I'm just going to give an opportunity to respond. Let's just all pray this together. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. For taking my sin and the sinner that I was and causing me to be born again to receive a brand new beginning. I believe in you, Jesus. I call you Saviour. Let your Spirit fill up my life from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Because today I give my life to you. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe you've been away from God, and this is you just getting things right with him, that's okay. I wouldn't want to live in this world today without knowing the Prince of Peace in my heart. I have a lot of admiration for people that think they can live without God in this time that we're living. I'm like, you're braver than me. I need Jesus in the center of me. I need Jesus to know that my life is in his hands. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm going to ask you when I count to three just to lift your hands. If that's you today and you say, today I'm giving my life to Jesus, or you're saying today I'm giving my life back to God because I've been away, but I want to get back in relationship with Jesus Christ. When I count to three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand don't look at the person next to you don't look at the person behind you this is about you and God today did you pray that prayer for you today is it a response that you're making to God then don't let anyone in this room stop you here we go I'm going to count to three and if that's you I'm going to ask you to lift your hand one two three is there anyone today and you want to give your life to Jesus get your hand up nice and high so I can see it God bless you. I see this hand down here. Young man got his hand up. That's beautiful. Anybody else? And you say, I don't know where I belong with God. Yeah, my life's been filled with worry. I want to know his peace. My life's been confused. I want to know his peace. Anyone else? And you say, me too. We've got one gentleman down here. Just going to wait a couple of moments. Anybody else today? Anybody need to come back to God today? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this young man. We thank you that heaven fills his heart right now. A new day begins, a fresh beginning. Father, I pray today that you would help us to now live out this word. That you would remind us throughout this week, Lord, that our responsibility is to guard our heart. Lord, that you would cause us to spend incredible moments with you. Cause us to shut the news off and open the Bible when we need to. But let us be peace-filled people in a fear-filled world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, God bless you. Don't forget the message notes are on the app, so you can go back and read through these. And um, come on, let's be inviting people to church next week, a friend, a neighbor, somebody you know. Just say to them, come along to church. Come along to church with me. God bless.